0: I'm Danny Duran, and this is the Infinite Jigsaw Podcast, a place for honest conversation, discovery, and a genuine incentive to improve sense making. In this episode, I'm very pleased to be joined by Bjorn Ball Hansen. Bjorn is a novelist from Norway with a lifelong fascination for the Viking Age. He has a great respect for the old ways of living and a deep love for nature. Apart from being a novelist, he's also a traveler, a father, Bushcrafter, yachtsman, historic archer and bowmaker, and he produces excellent videos on YouTube where he humbly imparts his own wisdom on current affairs, nature, masculinity, and modern life versus ancient living. Bjorn, welcome to the Infinite Jigsaw. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if we can start with a little background, please. You're Norwegian, and, and judging by your videos, a man of the wilderness, of the forest, but did you grow up in the countryside or? Or perhaps somewhere more urban what's your backstory?
1: well i did grow up in um i guess you could say the countryside when i was a little boy because um it was very quite rural back then but then uh well, as i was growing up uh, more and more people moved into that area and uh, all the big uh uh, properties, the gardens there, huge gardens, they were uh, divided uh, up uh, and, and sold, and uh, now it's it's not, now it's quite urban in that area, actually, mm. but I can remember how it used to be there, and uh, yeah, uh, we, c- we could take the dogs for walks without uh, a leash on them, so yeah, it was
0: quite, quite rural back then, yeah. And wh- whereabouts is there in Norway, specifically?
1: Well, that's actually uh, Oslo. Yeah, it's uh, it's the capital of Norway, but it it's it's not such a small city now, but it it used to be. Uh, I I grew up outside of Oslo, but in that um, that uh, county. Or so, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'd like to begin the podcast really by sticking with history, but going right back into the deep past of your country and ask you something about. The genesis of the Viking mythology I mean can you tell us about how and when the Norse people first gathered as a nation of sorts and what led them to set sail and, and expand
1: that's two questions I guess uh, we, we we know that there was a distinct culture in this part of the world during the migration period and so before the Viking age um, mm. And it's difficult to define when what we call the Norse, when that culture, so to speak, uh, started. The migration out, of, or the expansion, should I say, of of the the, the Viking expansion. Um, th- there there are lots of opinions about why that started. I, I believe that uh, there are there were many reasons. Uh, one was that um you had a population um increase of the population in parts of uh, scandinavia um so people set sail because that would be you know obviously easier than moving inland for most people mm-hmm. they set sail to to um to the british islands for instance um iceland greenland north america and um um, and settled there, and then you had, of course, the the people uh, who were who we if if we are to be ex- exact here and correct the Vikings, those were people they they did not go to settle right they, because they they went to plunder, uh, mm-hmm. but we use those terms uh, a little bit. Uh, um, like, uh, I, I say Vikings a lot when I mean uh, just normal people uh, from this area back then. Right. But, um, yeah, it's 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 very in, ingrained in the Norwegian language. We, we say the speaking Vikings about our ancestors, although only a few of them were actual Vikings, you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, so we had the, the incentive for uh, wealth plunder and uh, you had uh, people who needed somewhere else to settle and um there is also another fascinating fascinating theory that it was a um a defensive move in a way uh, against the um, the Christian kings and which who were seen as brutal and inhumane uh, in their time, so um yeah there are lots of theories about why the Viking Age uh, started and why it lasted so long
0: because it it actually did yeah <laughs> how, how how long in particular did did it last what what's the the general consensus on the date? I think it's not it's it doesn't make sense to try
1: to put a date on when it started. Uh-huh. Because that kind of doing that kind of thing was had been going on for a long time, yeah. Uh, makes but sense. most people say that it, it the Viking Age ended in 1066, uh, but it's again, you know, I think it's it becomes very artificial to put dates on that because, um, it's it's not like people gathered and they say, okay, now, now this is the end of Viking <laughs> Age. <laughs> yeah, sure. We all agree on that. <laughs> and it had rates, of course, after 1066 as well and uh, back and forth. So, um, yeah, that's, it's a difficult question
0: to answer, actually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, Norse and Viking... Mythology is kind of replete with ancient custom and tradition and campfire tales of, of heroism and expansion. But I wonder how much the supernatural and the religious is reflected in the tale of Norway. Do you have a, a sense of an overlap with like you know, human endeavor and in ingenuity and then the supernatural and the religious as well? I think
1: I would like to answer that from the perspective of, of Norse Norwegian mythology and fairy tales and and things like that because that is very much part of Norwegian culture and it's very easy to draw the lines back to to um, the so-called heathen times um, it's um, it, it's part of who we are in Scandinavia and um, Again, it's a little bit difficult to answer because there are so many different people here now, um, and most people in Norway now, if you ask me, they they don't have a connection with their ancestry, uh, if they are Norwegian mm-hmm. or Norse. That's it's sad to see, but they they seem to look still still today upon the Viking Age as, oh, well, they, they, they believe those were bad people, rapists and criminals and uh, and all that, you know. And it's a very simplistic view of mm. a very complicated in a way, complicated time. Um, so that's kind of sad to see. I think the school has let us down, um, mm. should, should teach the kids about our very proud, Norse ancestry, I think.
0: Yeah, it's not surprising to hear, but it's sad to hear that the the cultures that have gone before us and our ancestry, which is under attack in um, in in this country and and the states, is also under attack in in Norway. There, and it seems to be kind of a universal feeling of of looking back in anger. But talking about tribes and and misunderstanding of um, what's gone before, I get the strong sense listening to you. Of an understanding of tribe building and like a, a coming together of groups under the banner of shared values and of those values which ones do you think are kind of now hard-coded into into our cultural dna in europe and perhaps which ones are, are under attack i mean in your videos you've spoken with um with with a kind of dignified passion really on the topic of masculinity Uh, which let's face it, is is under attack in in this imbalanced era. So how do you see the history of masculinity through the Norwegian lens? And for what reasons do you think it's now under such pressure to reform?
1: Well, um, masculinity goes hand in hand with family and uh, kin. Um, And we see uh, a push, as you say, for towards, you know, destroying all of that. Yeah. Um, and it's going to make, and it is already making a lot of people very unhappy with their lives. Uh, you have masculinity, you know, go as a man, you you go through stages. Uh, so uh, do women, uh, but uh, for a man, you know, it's first you're a boy, then you're a young man and then you're, you're a grown man, right? Mm -hmm. It's natural. Um, and most people will be, most people will be feel fulfilled if they can, uh, let's say first you're a boy, you're, you're supposed to be outside playing and so on. And, and then you're a young man and, and you get very interested in, in, in the girls and all that. And then you settle and you have a family and that's, for almost frowned upon by a lot of people now um not everyone and, and it is the life that most people choose i believe mm. as it should be but it should be encouraged more and it should be presented as an option to people um and i don't know um it's difficult to, to say why why these values are under attack. Um, I know some reasons, <laughs> some, some of those reasons are very obvious, but as with most things, I think there are many reasons for why this is happening now. Um, masculinity is about independence and um, um, a society built on family, on On the family structure, right? it's much more difficult to control people organized in families mm. than it is to control a people uh, organized by or not organized mm. you know? um, yeah, that could be i don't know I don't know if it with these things i I always ask myself, is there a plan behind all of this or is it just happening like this?
0: And I honestly don't know. Yeah, no, it's very difficult to see through the thicket of quite odd and peculiar judgment uh, on the classic family unit at the moment. Um, But we've spoken there about the the attack on masculinity and I, I think that hopefully a beneficial aspect to this, if there is one, might be that men like yourself get a chance through social media to reinforce what being a real man actually looks like and feels like um, in the classic sense and then maybe reseed the void that this kind of demasculation has left. I'm hoping that yours and other voices can draw a distinction from what is false masculinity and what is real masculinity and do you think you could explain your view on what you think false and real is in these terms?
1: Yeah. I call it just childish. Um, and I made a video about, uh, there was a guy now, I I forget his name now. Um, (laughs) I forgot what's Jack Murphy. Yeah. And it's not his real name. It's his trademark or something. Uh, but, but there are lots of people like that and, and they have this very childish immature perception or presentation of masculinity. Um, for instance, if you're nice to women, like like me, I am very nice to women, and I must admit, I am probably much nicer to, to women than I am to to men. Not saying I'm not nice to people, <laughs> but nice to men. I I try to I try to be a nice person, but yeah. you know it's you know it's it's just not natural. But that's wrong according to those people. Uh, then you're uh, a, a, a a they call it a simp. S I M P. I don't know what that stands for, but um doesn't matter but this childish immature perception of masculinity has been gaining ground i believe as a response to the attack on masculinity now I believe mm-hmm. that masculinity is just it's the the opposite of uh destructive it's uh it's it's very positive it's uh about uh, building something, you know, building a family, building um, security, um, building something for other people, doing something for other people. Um, and and that is obviously the, the mature grown up version of masculinity. Um, yeah. I'm not expecting that from a 15 year old uh, boy, of course. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I yeah I hope I answered your question there. Yeah,
0: you you did. Um, yeah, because I get the feeling that that fully embracing uh classic masculinity and a manhood for all its glory and dangers, and then moving through life and in trying to embody the good man, the, like the the real man, kind of engenders and develops a sense of decency and, and honor w- within you, and that can sustain a man in times of like mental and physical hardship. So. What, what do very you think? That's very well said, I must say. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, well, what's your sense of of perhaps the glory of manhood and also some of the pitfalls and, and darker inclinations? How do us men sustain our decency and our honor? I want to be
1: remembered as a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That goes back to the Norse belief system. Now, I'm not saying that was exclusive to the Norse, um, but it was very, very central. How to be remembered? How are you going to be remembered? First of all, are you going to be remembered at all after you're dead? Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, you will be remembered in a, in a, as a good man. That's very important to me, and um, it should be important to people because we leave uh memories we leave uh wealth i do believe that matters and uh we leave um the memory of who we used to be Mm -hmm. and that's much more important than than you know (laughs) most things if you ask me um i i see some people now they when i've talked about that on my youtube channel I see some people they they have adopted this very nihilistic uh, worldview. Uh, they say, "Oh, I, I don't want to be remembered. It doesn't matter." It's very naive. Uh, mm. I think it does matter to to almost everyone. Um, but now I'm forgetting what you asked about. Us. <laughs> well, that's
0: that's cool. I just I just wondered how you how you imagine that us men we we can day by day sustain that sense of decency and that sense of honor what kind of daily routine activities do you, do you think are, are good mantras to sustain that
1: well yeah uh there are things we can do and that we should do to stay mentally and physically and spiritually healthy uh i i believe in eating real food uh-huh. <laughs> um, not all these new mixes of mixtures of strange stuff yeah uh, yeah real food exercising uh myself i i walk a lot in the woods uh, and i think that's that's very healthy and I, I lift weights um we should educate ourselves Um, There's a meme or meme, as I say, to to annoy my kids. (laughs) There's this meme, bring back the, uh, uh, we don't need the man cave, bring back the study, something like that. We, we should try to educate ourselves and become, become men that can give good and educated advice to our sons and daughters. Uh, and we need to read to do that. We need to study. And uh, for me, a spirit, a spiritual health is about connection uh, uh, with nature. Um, that's my church. Yes. Um, and other people will go to church, which is fine. Uh, but um, I'm as a heathen. My, I'm, you know, I have this connection with nature which is extremely important uh, for my spiritual health.
0: Um, There's a movement in this country. I don't know if you could call it a movement, but they call them men's sheds. And it's where there's a community, a building in the community and men get together. And in there is tools and all kinds of different things. And they teach each other to, to make stuff. And it's just a place for men to gather. Do you know of any such thing going on in Norway?
1: um no but there are some men's groups and they go out hiking and uh, i've heard about one in in this area where they go uh, you know hiking in the woods and um but there should be more of that i i I think there should be more more of those groups absolutely
0: yeah and i wonder if it's a, a mix of of perhaps some men not having the the time to do that perhaps feeling a little embarrassed that they are seeking out the company of other men outside of their their circle for like companionship they might think that's not a masculine thing to do when in, when in fact it is um, and then there's the pressure on on men who are prohibited for from they feel they're prohibited or stopped from forming groups of other men exclusively for men there's a there's a pressure not to do that isn't there
1: yeah i guess i guess there is it's uh there is nothing wrong with having women's only and men's only um spaces um yeah. women have that as they should uh, but um i'm 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 i spend almost all my time alone so um uh i don't i have to think a little bit but i'm sure there are Men's still there are men's spaces, uh, but um, uh, it's important to many people. um, And it's like, I would like to learn how to fix my car because I never learned how to do that. So, Mm -hmm. if there was somewhere where you could go and and learn how to do that, I would probably go there. Uh, uh, Yeah, Um, I don't know if all the, I, I want to say this as as well, um, there is this idea that men coming together will do bad and silly things, which is partly true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we need to get away from this idea that if you go out with your mates, you have to get drunk. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's, I know people who feel that they have to do that. Yeah. Uh, and they can't function with other men if they are not under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> and yeah. and this is uh, a strange phenomenon, I, I feel, because friendship among men and close friendships as well is now in this um, highly... On the surface, at least, uh, sexualized society that we mm-hmm. have—it's seen almost as uh, as um, well sexualized, yeah. While it's that's actually a very strange idea because friendship among men is a very natural thing and very necessary, and it has always been necessary because men have worked together hunting um, and doing everything that they they had to do and they had to work together as a group. So I just wanted to add that because I read a very interesting article about about that and this uh, English term, um, uh, bromance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apparently that's when you have uh, a close friendship between two men. Uh, And they they it's like they have to add some some they have to sexualize it, uh, which is
0: wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. That they also say man crush, which is doing the exact same thing, isn't (laughs) it? Okay. Um. But you've you've spoken. You mentioned there about spending a lot of your time on your own in, in solitary. Um. And your videos uh, are often you in the wilderness, Uh, it seems like you are, you know, notwithstanding the the odd dog walker that comes past or whatever. seems like you're kind of out there uh, on your own. Um, And we've spoken about the importance of men being in groups and that stems from sort of hunting together and such. But do you think it's also equally important for a man to to, to forge out on his own every so often and, and go walking? Uh, in the wilderness, say or you know whatever sort of countryside he can find, and just be alone with his own thoughts. There's an archetype in there, isn't there, of the of the man leaving uh, on his own on a on a pilgrimage, as it were.
1: Yes, absolutely, and and everyone, and this is not something that you know what I'm trying to say. Both men and women should uh-huh. spend time alone, and preferably in in nature, um, it's important to get to know yourself and you can't really do that if you are surrounded by other people all of the time. Uh Uh, And then you have, people are different, you know, some people they they are very, they like to just, they're very uh, outgoing and uh, other people are more introvert. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm very introvert, um, but um, some people are at the other end of, of that uh, um, spectrum or scale there. Um, yeah. So people are different, uh, but all people should spend some time with in a group from time to time and, and, and all people should spend time alone from time to
0: time. Yeah, well, we mentioned there that, um, as you say, both men and women can benefit and get value out of um, time in groups and uh, men's groups, women's groups, and then time on their own solitary. And I just wanted to to now sort of go on to to the feminine, because there's a, a kind of modern hurdle to overcome if you're a man who wishes to embrace true masculinity and, and expound those virtues before the feminine, because it seems beyond on the surface that women who outwardly desire a classic masculine man are by generation becoming scarce and in short supply. It seems that way. So do you hope that true masculinity embraced with a whole heart will naturally be of deep appeal to, um, to women and kind of override this spell of toxic masculinity that's being cast over them?
1: Well, I, I tend to disagree a little bit, but that might be because I'm 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 49 now, so I'm come from a, a different generation, I guess. But um I've I've always felt naturally uh masculine. It's 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 uh it's never felt uh that I'm just trying to say, you know, it's I've, I've just been me and yeah yeah that expression happens to be masculine and it's okay some some men are less traditionally masculine if you will but and that's okay as well we're, we're all different um mm. but but for me having a masculine expression uh, i've <laughs> i've always gotten the impression that that's something that women want. And I don't think I've ever had, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever had negative reactions towards how I am and and how I behave and my appearance and so on. But I have actually, but it's always been uh it's so many years ago now (laughs) but uh those were very politically active uh very far on the left women and uh who probably felt that i was uh not a good man uh (laughs) yeah or that men were all bad or something like that but i i always say you should never uh when it comes to women and i obviously i'm not an expert but it's it's like my life experience at least has told me that women like masculine men and i don't think that has changed i'm i i hope i'm right maybe i'm wrong i i, I wouldn't know
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough I, And I,
1: I, don't know, I don't know 20 year old women uh so i don't know i i but i I I'm willing to bet that most of those most of young women today are not that different from young women 30 years ago. That's that's I'm willing to bet.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I I think and hope you are correct. Um perhaps it just seems like that perhaps the uh, classic masculine man is not in high demand now because of the noisy view on social media. Um, that would have you believe um, otherwise they would have you believe that things like toxic masculinity is, you know, it it is rife. Um, So let's just talk about women for a moment then, because I mean, to my mind, we're we're absolutely nothing without the women in our lives. And if we if we open ourselves up and if we're aware um, to our interactions with women, they can teach us a lot about ourselves and reflect back to us on both our best bits and our, our worst bits. Um, so how do you see the role of the feminine interaction for men put plainly? How, how do you think us men should be behaving towards women on a daily basis? Well, we should treat
1: women nice, of course. And, and it, that should come naturally. And, um, it's like part of being a masculine man is treating women with respect, dignity, Mm Uh, you shouldn't have to be what, what's it called when you you shouldn't have to be uh overdoing it you shouldn't have to do that you should just you should just behave in a natural way uh, and uh, also don't make excuses for being a man you know it's that's who you are I think women want when it comes to men, they want security, they want affection, they want to be cared for, they want to be treated as equals, of course, <laughs> you know, that should uh-huh. go without saying, but some people think that when I say that women, I think women want to feel protected. Uh, that's not a, a hindrance for Yes treating women with respect equal and all that some people think it is but that's nonsense uh and i i i think that you know we would probably uh, it's it's a bit of a joke but we would be still living in living in caves um <laughs> in caves if, if it wasn't for women <laughs> ushering uh, us out the door to get something done yeah yeah something like that you know um No, it's um i think any masculine man or i don't have to put masculine there any man will you know we we like women it's that's just how we were evolution made us that way so it's that's just how it is
0: (laughs) yeah and that's good That's all the better for it well we've covered what it is to embody the masculine and how we can and how we should be behaving towards the feminine. But I wonder if, for us men living life in this way, if it's such a base demonstration of manhood and we're doing a good job of it, a good job of embodying the masculine and embracing manhood, do you think other men will be naturally drawn to that example? In other words, do you think true masculinity is actually contagious from man to man?
1: Yes. Yes, I think so, because it's it's such a uh, natural expression for most men um, while on the, excuse my English, while I on probably... the other hand, I, uh, in lack of better terms, a, a woke, <laughs> a woke <laughs> expression is very, for most men, very forced, you know, it's not natural to behave like that. And I'm, I've seen or heard rather a strange phenomenon um, from the USA, well, men, um, they change their, maybe it's almost permanently, but it, they talk in a other tone, a very feminized tone i i would say
0: mm.
1: reflecting i suspect their political leanings or it's not really political but they're it's it's like they um they've changed how they their voice so that it will sound less masculine mm. uh, not all americans of course but those people with those political leanings, if you will. That's to me, that is to me very interesting. Um, and it can't be natural for a man to speak in such a high, it's not really high pitched, but it's like, um, it's it's a typical skinny jeans, uh, <laughs> uh, urban, um, politically correct uh, young man
0: mm. voice. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I do the voice I can't do the voice but it's like I, I think you know what that means
0: I do and it's when you come into contact with these characters you can tell that it's an act and it's actually easier for them they're playing a the character and it's probably easier for them to just default to their natural state as a man and not have to put on this pantomime. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it, it it's not, it doesn't seem natural. Well, I hope it's not, uh, mm. even, again, you know, some men have a higher pitched voice, which is totally fine. It's, I'm not trying to shame anyone with a high pitched voice or anything like that. Mm. But it's, it's. I, I actually heard about this um, from, actually my teacher in my Thai many years ago, uh, because he had been living in Thailand, and in Thailand, he said, the men speak, uh, and the women, I believe, in a much uh, higher pitch. Uh, but when they move to Europe, they change; they gradually change their voice, so their voice becomes deeper. Hmm. Which is interesting, but I think it's the same
0: thing happening here um so yeah <laughs> yeah it's one of the the oddities one of the strange things that is included in this uh, strange era that we're going through um and i noticed uh, one of your recent uh videos uh that a lovely part of the forest where you've you sat um many times and and talked to the camera with a lovely creek running through it has um in part been decimated now by tree felling there's there's felled trees all over the area and you seemed really profoundly sad and saddened um and, and by this you were very moved and that kind of reminded me of the of the soft side of the, of the masculine you, you you almost seemed like you felt like you should have been protecting that somehow and uh, you know on your watch it happened um how did you feel in when you saw all those trees felled in that ancient forest.
1: Well, I cried a little bit. Uh I did. Um by the way, there's no shame for a real man to cry, you know. Absolutely. That's that's just uh, I just wanted to add that, but um now it's it's becoming difficult to find old forests in uh, Norway. No, many most people are not aware of this, but I think only 2% of the wilderness remains here, uh, or I should say not um, uh, the, the old forest remains the original forest uh, here. Uh, and uh, what we get is, and you know, I've, because I was there, I walked past there today, actually, I, I'm looking for other locations now. Yeah. It's becoming more and more difficult to find. Um And only patches remain of the old woodland here. Um, And I get very annoyed by people who don't understand what this is about. Um, And let me just briefly explain. Yeah, sure. That was my church, right? So Christian people will then understand how, how it would be. So how would you feel if someone, let's say, Back in the Viking Age, (laughs) (laughs) the Norsemen came and they they burnt down your church and 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 but it's okay because they tell you in 50 years' time they will build a new one. 50 years. Mm. Uh, Those trees were I thought they were about 30, but I counted the year rings or whatever it's called and about years. uh, The biggest ones there. Um, So that's 72, the year, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, and they plant new trees and the new trees die. It's just a lie. It's normally the new trees die because you need that microclimate that that, that spruce forest creates. Um, so I'm getting into details, but it, you can't really plant spruce trees on a barren field because it's too dry, it's too hostile for them. Yeah. So, um, and you end up with these gray scars in the landscape, which is very, a very common sight in, in Norway. While we, and I believe that we should not destroy woodland like that, uh, we should take some trees, but not the whole forest. But but that's I'm getting into details on, on forestry now. I've read some studies. So I, I like to know what I'm talking about but it's it is um, also a problem when they do that because <clears throat> The mental health of people in this area will be affected mm mm-hmm. Uh, the dog walkers that you could see behind me in that video they had to go the, the path was not there, but they were forced out of the path and they were walking at the edge uh, of some of the well they were trying to cross uh the that field of of destroyed woodland um and they will probably not come back there. So they will have to go somewhere else and there are still woodland remaining, um, but less and less every year. Hmm. It's,
0: it's,
1: so where do you go? I mean, lots lots of people are moving into this area. Um, it's the second time I've moved, uh, I had to move because of forestry, because of what they they, they did that, where i used to film my videos now we're talking about moving all together um but we have a pro- another problem and that's the wind turbines yeah they're going to build a lot like hundreds of wind turbines along the coast and on the in the mountainsides uh on the on the high fields uh high the high plain in the interior of Norway mm. so where do you move i mean where, should, where are we going to move? I mean, it's, we, if we move into the forest, we have to buy all the land around us, which is very difficult to, to get hold of, um, to avoid suddenly one day, it's all gone. And if we move to the coast, uh, suddenly you have a hundred wind turbines shedding toxins right in your face. And if you move up in the hills, get wind turbines there as well and also i don't know if this is something you want to touch upon at all but uh, as someone like me i'm not vaccinated against the covid thing i can't really easily move out of norway anymore Mm. so where do we go where do i go um it's a real problem it's a real problem
0: yeah I can sense the frustration in your voice and uh, and how you're trying to think your way through this quite novel problem that's been inflicted on you. And it's so strange that we live in an era where governments and lobby groups, their they're environmental, their green agenda, they hold it in such high yeah. regard, yet you don't see them complaining about deforestation and all the trees being cut down they would they're, they're fine about that and they're also fine about erecting the huge uh, turbines that that, that that do the damage that you've just explained i mean it's it, that's another problem trying to work out their their motives or, or if they've just um, lost sight of what it, what it actually is good for the environment what it is to be a person that looks after your natural surroundings they seem to have lost sight of it. Perhaps it's because they don't interact in nature enough.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and I've been trying, we we burn firewood. So I was thinking to myself, am I being a hypocrite? Because I I burn we in the wood stove, we use it every day during the winter winter time. Uh, No, because it's so little that we use it's so effective, and it warms the we have an old house. uh, It's it's uh, very it's insulated and it's uh, it's very effective. We have not, uh, I mean, uh, if I can estimate, I think two, maybe th- we're on the third birch tree now. Um, that's the total uh, since uh, September or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the odd branches that fall off the trees on our property, you know, I, I pick that up and we can burn it. Um, and I, I really can't see how. No, I my from my calculations, it, I'm not being a hypocrite. Uh, and I think that I believe those that lumber is not going to Norway. It's I, I don't know this, but. I suspect it's being shipped out of Norway, and um, we need to think in a much different way. Maybe we don't need to build houses from from uh, timber. Um, maybe we can build houses from what's it uh, from straw? I uh, um, what's yeah. it called? Yeah, there are different new, well, actually old uh, techniques, uh, much more environmentally friendly that we can use and that we should adopt. Um, and uh, this demand for electrical power that seems to just be going up, 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 and it's like these politicians and being owned by these big companies, they, they, of course, that's what they want. But um, it's a very dangerous development. It's, It's very dangerous. I frown upon this green energy thing, I I don't believe in it at all. I used to do that, mm-hmm. no longer. I, I I don't believe in that anymore because I, I'm I'm seeing now how it's affecting, how it's destroying nature.
0: Yeah, well, not even solar energy. Would you have a personal solar panel just to just for your property, just for your house? Yeah, that,
1: that's different, of course. That that's yeah. different, but um. Why don't they support that? Um, But um, I think maybe they still do, but they. um, What I'm trying to say is that we used to get Mm. some money back from the state if we installed that. But last time I read about it, I think either they stopped uh, subsidizing that or they were going to stop it. And, And then I'm asking, you know, why? Isn't that a good thing?
0: Yeah, the same in this country, Bjorn. I mean, uh, I think it was about 15, 10, 15 years ago, there were schemes where through the local government, you could apply and have discounted um, solar panel installation. You could also sell energy back to the power grid, back to the power Mm -hmm. company. And there's still some people that I know that that have got them, but they they seem to have stopped that in favour for uh, offshore activity. And where I live in North Norfolk, um, there is lots of lot offshore activity, and you can you know you see them on the horizon whirring away, doing what they do. Um, but and we, you spoke right at the beginning of the podcast about what what possibly looks like some kind of grand plan or or some kind of coming together of governments and being in lockstep with each other, and we've seen that right in front of our, our eyes through the through the covid era of um, governments all over europe and the western world falling into lockstep with each other what do you think to that this phenomenon do you do you think that there is some kind of um, uniformed approach to governing the west well i
1: i want to say that i always i always make a distinction between things i actually know and what i think Yes. This is something I don't know, but I think I yes. think that yes, there is such a collaboration. Um, it's very obvious uh, if you look at what the EU is doing. Um, that's out in the open, so that can't that that I I know, and everyone who yeah. has paid attention knows that they are implementing a digital id system that can easily be used if they want to for a social credit uh, score system like they have in china not saying they're going to but it's (laughs) they are implementing those tools right so that's that's one example um so that's that's the eu and the eu is mightier than Many people understand and uh, and also I would like to say that the aggression that we're seeing now towards, from NATO uh, towards Russia mm. is, and I want also to say that I'm not saying Russia are the nice guys, but I'm mm. saying that there is a, uh, there is something there that's, it's a bit off. It's a bit suspicious, right? I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but just as people were not are not being so scared anymore about the whole virus thing, then they are pointing at russia right i <laughs> I don't know, but there are so many of these things that, as you say, they go in in uh, lockstep uh, that it would be strange if this is not at least part of it is not a result of so-called world world leaders working together or nation leaders, mm. uh, unelected I believe and uh, also the elected ones. I, I wish I knew more about it. I can only guess, uh, but as I said, some of these things are out in the open and people seem to think, well, digital ID. So what? It's just ID on your phone, on your smartphone. Mm. Um, how can that hurt? You know? And <laughs> yeah, um, just, there are lots of things going on. I think uh, the Great Reset is should be studied by anyone who who values freedom. Yes. Um, it's it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you ask me, um, and there, there are of course, it uh, should vary people that mighty politicians and corp, big corporation uh, owners are coming together and talking about these things. Uh, I don't like that.
0: I don't like it either. And I think that it's only fair to be able to inspect organizations like the World Economic Forum and Davos, and be able to ask questions about exactly what they're doing and and talk about their press releases and have a public discourse about it and not be worried that you're going to be called a conspiracy theorist. And that's become a label that that people just don't want anywhere near them now. It's such a, a toxic thing to have leveled at you. But the fact of the matter is, if there is a grand plan, and if it's not in our favour, by not talking about it, and by calling each other names, when we do want to talk about it, we're doing their work for them. And that's what really worries me. It needs to be more from the family, from the nuclear family, uh, as you said before, taking the power back inside inside that vacuum, building communities, recognising tribes, and asking questions of those who think that they're good enough to lead us. What's wrong with that?
1: There's nothing wrong with that. And and I think also, if you don't use your voice, if you sit still and you stay silent, you're not helping, <laughs> you're yes. making it worse. Um, and and it's like, I've said many times in my videos that it's, it's like, I, I understand that was, um, the the vaccine thing uh, that the, no uh, the vaccine mandate thing um, mm. I understand if you have a job and you're you're afraid that you will be fired I understand that it's it's difficult for you to to raise your voice so I will do it because I'm self-employed but I've I've had to pay a high price as well I won't get into details on that now but it's not like and I'm I'm not a hero or anything like that, but I'm just trying to say that at the end of the day, you are going to pay a price mm. if you don't speak out against the bad things that are happening now. Uh, either you're going to have to look back at at yourself sitting there saying nothing, and that must be the worst. I mean, yes, how can you live with yourself? It's, uh, but uh, or, or you 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 will just have to use your voice and take those consequences and and take that fight, and some not all people are fighters. Uh, yes. Lots of people they want to think about themselves as as fighters. Oh, I'm a fighter, they say, but they they really are not. You know, it's it's quite a rare quality that is. Um. So, but it's like. Here's how we solve this, we we could do it, you know, today. Now, everyone throw away their smartphone, ignore these people completely from Mm -hmm. now going forward. Um, That would be it actually, but people won't do that, you know? So let's say everyone just say what they think about what they don't like, what they, if, if there is something going on and they think it's wrong, shouldn't be like that, say so. If everyone did that, it would be a lot more difficult for these people to to, to move forward with their plans, because there certainly are plans uh, that these people are trying to, to uh, uh, implement, certainly. Uh, we just don't know exactly what they are yet. We know some of them though.
0: Yeah Bjorn I, I completely agree with you and as you said before there's something fishy going on and we must um, be allowed to talk about it and inspect it. Well thank you so much for coming on the Infinite Jigsaw podcast. T- tell us where um, we can find your work online what your YouTube channel is called.
1: Well it's my name actually it's uh, Bjorn or Bjorn <laughs> Andreas Bull Hansen Uh, with a hyphen there in between Mm -hmm. Bull and Hansen. Um, Or you could go to my website, which is uh, b-u-l-l hyphen h-a-n-s-e-n.com. And you you can find all my videos there as well. Okay. Uh, No, sorry, not all my videos, but most of my videos.
0: OK, and I, I really recommend that people do that because I, I've got a lot of out, out of watching you and um, and listening to your points of view and your your wisdom. So thank you for that. And uh, you. you're welcome. And that's another episode of the Infinite Jigsaw podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening and please do get in touch via comment or email. And thank you again to my guest for today, Bjorn. Um, It's been a real pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ta-ra.